No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Some goalies have better numbers. Some goalies have more shutouts. Some goalies have a better save percentage. Some goalies have a goal, better goals against average. But tonight, Connor Hellebuck reminded all of us why he's the most important player on the Winnipeg Jets. And there's no goalie that's more important to their team than Connor Hellebuck is to the success of the Winnipeg Jets. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. The band is back together with Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg. I'm your host, Rumendell, here to talk about the Winnipeg Hellebucks putting on a show taking a much-needed 4-1 victory on Broadway, defeating the juggernaut New York Rangers to relieve the pressure that had been building on the Winnipeg Jets just a little bit with a performance, a Hellebuckian performance, that we will be remembering for many a moon to come. Gentlemen, good to see you both. Nice to see you on this holiday Monday. I hope you've had a very enjoyable Louis Riel day. Dave and I were, of course, already together at the Moose game, but Ezzy, good to see you, and I hope you had some nice quality family time as well. Dave sent me a picture of you and the fam, and you were scarfing down a pizza, a pizza pretty good, like George Costanza <laughs> style, when he's got the the, you know, the ice cream going at the tennis match, so you were having a nice pizza pizza there, Drew, so hopefully you enjoyed the game. It was obviously a big win for the Moose, but yeah, we had the, the comment up from Matthew Thompson then there with... Uh, you know, the Jets, uh, pardon me, the Rangers getting from Elkhead. And and look, it just happened a few games ago, right, boys? With Eunice Corpusallo. And there was a similar kind of vibe to this game. And, you know, the third period, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. It was almost like shot after shot after shot that the mm -hmm. Rangers knew was not going in. And obviously the Shifley goal, you know, was the final nail in the coffin. But Hellebuck was fantastic tonight. And second game of a back-to-back. -back, and I, I think, you know, this game has the possibility to really lead to good things for the Jets because obviously, you know, the Islanders are still, you know, in a playoff race right now. I forget if they're in the last wild card or regardless, they're if they're yeah. not in the wild card or in a playoff spot, they're close to a playoff spot. They're, they're, they're right in the middle of the playoff race. They just fell out of the wild card spot with Pittsburgh. Uh, did Pittsburgh, I think they must have won earlier tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, the Islanders beat Pittsburgh. So now I'm confused as to what's going on. Right. And that's why I said that, Drew. The, yeah. the point is, though, that the Islanders aren't going to be an easy team no. to beat. They're playing some good hockey, obviously. Without Matt Barzell now. Right. So Barzell's out for a few weeks, right. at least, I think, if I, I'm not mistaken. I, I, I pressed refresh. New York back into the top wild card right. spot. That makes yeah, and, and, you know, good goaltending, good defense. I mean, the Islanders team is uh, a pesky team, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, coming off of that game and, you know, Rick Bonus's comments, I know Dave had it up on the website, illegalcurve.com, if you're unfamiliar with the, the website. Uh, <laughs> Rick basically saying, like, if guys don't play well tonight, you know, they're possibly going to be healthy scratches. Like, you know, you guys obviously did the post game. I didn't do the post game last night, but I caught parts of the game and it was a disappointing loss mm -hmm. against the team that had played the previous night. So, this is a big win, right? The Jets have, haven't had a lot of success at Madison Square Garden. Uh, and and they, you know, 
haven't had a lot of success against Shesterkin, right? Shesterkin was 3-0 and against the Jets going into this game. So obviously a huge game from Mark Shifley, huge game from Josh Morrissey. You know, Dave, we, we got to focus in on, on Pierre-Luc Dubois. I realize, you know, he took a penalty. You don't like that, but he was an absolute beast this game. And I thought that was a great response from PLD, who obviously wasn't happy, along with a lot of the Jets, with the way they played against the Devils. Yeah, I mean, though, there, as I think you, I think you hit it on your head, on the head. Sorry, be, not on your own head, but on the head, because uh, look, the Jets needed to respond. They really did. They couldn't, you know, they 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 weren't good yesterday. And it was funny because I, at one point, I said the Jets are are you know they felt that Connor Hellebuck was underworked yesterday, only facing twenty nine shots. So, and that was around when they had given up forty. But you know, they just wanted to make it a nice even number. That's right. Uh, to give it, make it fifty, and it did have. Did have flashbacks of that game in San Jose where Connor Hellebuck stole the show and, and with a 50 save performance. So once again, that was 51 save performance, I believe, in in San Jose. So he's he's slouching a little bit, only give only making 50 stops in New York. But I mean, he made he made a lot of a lot of great A stops, I thought, in this game. And and, and you know, Drew's tweet was right, saying it should the Jets logo should just be a picture of Connor Hellebuck's face because really. I mean, he was the team tonight. And it was funny because, of course, it ends up being a look rather lopsided score, you know. And, 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 you know, some of the one, I don't remember which of the Rangers writers had said Shesterkin's numbers the last little bit have, have fallen off a little bit. Again, he gave up, I think, four against the, uh, the Canucks, a number against the Oilers, a number against the, the Flames, and, of course, four against the Jets. So, and three of those goals were on the first 10 shots by Winnipeg. Not that they had that many shots overall in the game, but, Look, at the end of the day, you've got to credit Connor Hellebuck and the PK. I thought the PK was good. You know, they they went four for four. That could have been a, a game changer, mm-hmm. I thought, for the Rangers. And the Rangers' power play is deadly. And the Rangers have been, uh, been running there they're right now, right? Like, look at their record. I think they're, what, 8-2-2 two, and two in their last 12 games. They had won seven straight before they went into Calgary and lost that game in overtime. So they had a point streak running into tonight's game of eight, which, of course, the Jets stopped. But, I mean, so you've got to give the Jets credit. You, you, specifically, Connor Hellebuck, number one, number two, number three star in my mind. Jets PK was good, mm-hmm. and uh, and they stopped a very good New York Rangers team. And how have we not used the word opportunistic yet? I yeah, thought well, that's what I was about to say. Come on, you stole it out of his. Come on, like Dave said. I mean, you're looking at that game. It's it's uh, you know it's it's two nothing for the Jets, and the shots I think were something like twenty four to ten, right? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Or no, well, it was I mean, story. Pardon me. Yeah. It was the th- after the third goal. It was right. 24 to 10, not the second yeah. goal. So it was even worse. It was three nothing. It was 24 to 10. So, I mean, it, this was just, uh, it was very one sided in terms of the shots, mm-hmm. but the Jets took advantage and the Rangers had no shortage of power plays. And, you know, the Jets, have the, as they have been doing all season long, and it was mentioned on the broadcast, that's the one thing that you could point to the Rangers. Their special teams are not good, but we know you can win the Stanley Cup without having, you know, the first or second best power play and, and penalty kill. But I thought it was exposed a little bit in that game because this Rangers team, like they were flat. I thought, you know, after the jets went up a few goals and you know, sure they kept peppering shots, but you know, as Gary Galley pointed out on the broadcast, like not a lot of rebounds, a lot of the shots were, were from outside and don't get me wrong. I mean that we could point to, you know, the Chris Kreider save or, you mm-hmm. know, when Tyler Mott had those chances and I don't know how he didn't put that in and, and Hellebuck was just, you know, everything was hitting him tonight, guys. What can you say? He made 50 saves and, he obviously deserves the first, second, and third stars. But as Dave talked about, it's a huge response after a horrible game. And can you imagine, you know, having to go into 
you know, the game against the Islanders having lost three on the road. I mean, this has already been a disappointing road trip, right? So tonight was a must win with, you know, Colorado chasing you and wow. everything like that. They needed the win tonight, period. They, they, you're absolutely right. And now they have an opportunity on Wednesday, uh, you know, to salvage the road trip at, at 500 at 50, you know, two wins, two losses, which is really where the Jets have been playing. They've been playing 500 hockey uh, for the last little bit. So that would be, you know, in keeping with where they have been, uh, you know, at that, that, at that, uh, 500 winning percentage but you know when you when you factor in the disappointment of last night's game when you factor in rick bonus's pointed comments uh mm-hmm. in the pregame today because he wasn't you know he didn't pull any punches you know he he said that you know the best players you know in his own words you know you can read between the lines he's calling out the best players he's not naming them by name but he's saying those are the guys who need to be more accountable who need to be better and who need to really carry this team because you know, we know that this team can't be carried by the bottom of their lineup. We talked about it uh, a lot yesterday uh, on, on the post-game show that, you know, with the, the rejigging of the lines and everything, it just didn't work. Those guys yeah. who are in the bottom of the, the bottom six, the, the, they're bottom six players. They just, you know, by and large are. So it was, you know, uh, you know, coming into today's game, it was Rick Bonus putting out a call on his best players to be the best. Well, that is, you know, Connor Hellbuck. Not that I don't think bonuses comments were directed at hellbuck for a second because he's been of course the backbone and continued to be but it's you know it, it, it's connor hellbuck you know it's you know pierre luke dubois it's kyle connor it's mark shifley look whose names are littering literaling oh, pardon me pardon literaling me. not literally littering the score sheet the game summary is just filled with Connor Dubois and Shifley and of course Josh Morrissey Ehlers even gets a secondary assist so the Jets best players were their best players in tonight's game I I met you too Ishaboy Bruce it was a pleasure to meet you in person at the Moose game uh, by happenstance so thank you for hollering over at me that was always great to meet you and so many of our other loyal fans that we have the opportunity to meet so that was tremendous to meet you earlier today but you know from, from the Jets perspective their best players step up when it mattered most now did they still get caved in by the new york rangers yeah of course they did Uh, but you know again we've said it on this show for a long long time now that they don't need to apologize for having connor hellebuck now you don't want to have connor hellebuck facing uh you know 51 shots game that's not going to be a recipe for success but you know in this instance he came up huge for them and you know you you sort of mentioned it as he you could see the rangers were getting more and more frustrated i think almost right after that uh, the Kreider save, the save that, that Hellebuck made on Kreider, you could sort of just see that there was almost a sag to the Rangers game, I thought, from that point on in the third period. And then, of course, Shifley gets the wicked backhand to make it 4-1, and it was ball game at that point in time. But when 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 Hellebuck made that save on Kreider, it really seemed to just say, look, you guys, no matter what you're going to throw at me tonight, I've got the answer. And the Rangers are like, well, you know, this this SOB is just on his game tonight. There's nothing we can do about it. Absolutely. And, you know, Matthew Thompson's asking about the uh, Gagne fight. I I didn't see it. I was, I've I've said this for everybody who watches the post-game show regularly, the six o'clock starts are tough to watch uh, live for me. So, Unfortunately, the Gagne-Trocek fight, I can't add a lot to that. But I'll, I'll admit, when I saw it on social media, uh, I was a little bit surprised because even though you know those are a couple of scrappy veterans, that's not exactly 
who you expect to drop the gloves, right? You think right. maybe Jacob Truba, you know, maybe Logan Stanley, Adam Lowry. So uh, maybe you guys can add a little, uh, you know, well, analysis it, to it, that. It was, it, was just, it was funny as it wasn't, a, it was basically Morgan Barron hit Trojak and he was pissed and he turned yeah. around and he thought it was Gagne. And so all of a sudden, Gagne and him are dropping the gloves in the neutral zone. And you're like, yeah, that's what everyone expected. The pugilist, uh, Sam Gagne, yeah. to be uh, to be tossing it. And, and then he almost tossed it a little bit later in the game. So he, maybe he was feeling feisty after he got back in the lineup. Well, you know, and I think Trochik just picked the wrong guy. He thought that it was Gagne. Yeah, he thought, just, he thought it was yeah. Gagne, but it was, it was Barron. Barron yeah, exactly. had a burr in his saddle playing his old team. Well, you, look... He definitely was noticeable. I mean, I thought, look, Pierre-Luc Dubois, of course, you mentioned he takes uh, he takes that that dumb penalty, but he really makes up for it because then he sort of, he had a little bit of a, a bull mentality in tonight's game as well for the Jets. You saw it early on the power play, obviously, uh, that led to the opening goal, which he ends up getting credit for the opening goal. They, I guess they declared that he he got a stick on it. But before that, before that sequence, he yeah. just takes the puck at the side of the net. And we've seen him sort of pass that off so many times. In this instance, he just went hard to the net he just went i was right going to mention that drew yeah right That's he just went point. right at shesterkin aggressively and said yep. okay i'm going to you know even it didn't turn into a goal or anything but it's just a way of reminding shesterkin i'm going to be in your face i'm going to be in your crease I'm which is exactly be... for the record what have we been talking about now of course is, is get in front of the in that yeah right and you just... should see that from pld and, and drew has said this before either on the saturday show or the post game show like Dubois is the type of guy that can make power moves like that. And not only do they have an impact, but like it, people, like people are on watch because of that. Right. Like right. instead of just kind of, you know, looking for a pass, he said, no, I'm going to take this to the net. I'm being given a little bit of space here. Mm -hmm. And he was doing that. Like, and he, it's a tone he, setter. It's a right, tone setter exactly. for the game because that, yeah. that happens early that in the early. game. That happens yeah. within the first five minutes of the game. So when he makes that I move. I did see that, though. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> if people could only see the way I watch hockey games <laughs> with two kids, like I run down to the basement, I watch a little bit of hockey. Naomi's upstairs. She's yelling at me. And then, you know, Ruben comes down and he needs me to read him a book or something or get him a snack, watch another two minutes, miss two minutes. So. That's basically uh, how I watch hockey now. And then, you, and then you go and you wake Ruben up and you say, Ruben, I need a snack. And then, it, you know, it works both ways. It's yeah. very nice. Yeah. But to my point, you know, when you get, when you have that Dubois who's engaged immediately from the start of the game, Dave, it, it's a tone setter for the Jets. It changes sort of the dynamic for the team because the rest of the Jets, uh, you know, top six, by and large, they're, they're, they're not, they're not guys who are going to score a lot of their goals necessarily from within a couple feet of the blue paint. They're not right. guys who are who are you know going to the dirty areas to score their goals we saw all the other goals tonight they're from a little bit further away they're skill guys with with great shots and great shooting capability not to say Dubois doesn't have all that but he's also a guy who can just sort of power through the defenders and he can make life miserable for uh, an opposing goalie and the Jets need to see more of that from Dubois early in the game because it really does sort of establish uh, how their mindset, I think it establishes his mindset. I remember back in the day, you know, with Andrew Ladd, you know, you know, when, when, when Andrew Ladd was of course a, a key member of this Winnipeg Jets team, you wanted to see Andrew Ladd lay a body check within the first couple minutes of the game, because mm -hmm. you knew then he was going to be, he was in the game immediately. He was ready to play. He was, he was, he, you know, he was, he was engaged from the outset. Similarly with Pierre-Luc Dubois, you want to see him using that physicality. You want to see him using that bull in a china shop mentality early in the game because you know he's engaged from then on, Dave. Yeah, it's you know setting a tone, right, for That's both right. himself and for the team. And and look, it's kind of funny because what have people talked about the Jets 
for years and years and years back in the Ben Sherratt, Dustin Bufflin, you know, years ago, right? The Jets are a big, heavy team. And of course, the Jets went light. Now they're a little bit bigger and heavier than they were a little, a few, you know, a few years in the interceding years. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the Jets are, didn't play that game, but that's, you know, maybe they're getting that, maybe they're, they're earning their reputation back as he, because that's what they need to do. And look, if Morgan, Morgan Barron isn't a small guy. And if he plays big, that's a good thing. If Adam Lowry plays big, that's a good thing. But Pierre-Luc Dubois playing big, getting engaged, playing physical, that's what you need. You need him doing that. And yeah, the first goal is the result of him standing in front of the net. And, you know, everybody was uh, under the impression, including the NHL, that it was Josh Morrissey's goal mm-hmm. until later when the second period started and you saw NHL.com had changed the goal. But the fact is that that's what you needed. You needed Pierre-Luc Dubois to be engaged. You need those guys who are your top echelon upper echelon guys, sorry, to be the guys who, who, when you're needing a goal, they're the ones who are providing it. Sure. It's great to have secondary and third scoring from, from the, you know, the Lowry's and the Manalinans and whomever else as, you know, Coolman's. But the fact of the matter is that you need those upper echelon guys to produce. And that's what they did tonight when they got those opportunities, which were of course few and far between because the Rangers did possess the puck for the majority of this game. But at the end, ultimately, you know, you have, Again, what have we said throughout the years? And I know people are saying you can't, that's not a sustainable way to live. I understand. And to win. Sorry, not to live. Probably you can live fine, but you're not really going to necessarily win a lot of games. It's not quite life or death, even though people make it out to be. Yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is that you don't apologize for having a goaltender of Connor Hellebuck's ilk and, and stature. And so as a result, you know, he's going to win you those kind of games. And you have opportunistic, using that word players who can score when given those chances. And sure, the Jets shooting percentage was 25% and it's rather large and I get yeah. that. But at the same time, you know, it, those games happen. And there's games, like I said, there's games like the Columbus game where Corpus Allo plays fantastic. The Jets controlled two thirds of that game and they lose it. So, you know, you it, it goes both ways. Well, and the only goal, sorry, I was just going to say, the only goal that I would argue was weak on, on Chesterkin was the third goal. And that was scored by Kyle Connor, right? Even though Connor's got a great shot, it was kind of a, it kind of handcuffed him, right? It a, so it was a hard, it was sort of a, an awkward shot for him to try and fit, yeah. try and save because it was sort of like high blocker. Yeah, that's exactly kind of what I was getting at there. Yeah. And and Drew would know he was a former goaltender in the it's Jewish true. Students Association Floor Hockey League. I was on that team as well. We dominated. So, um, yeah, no, it was a it, it was an it was a good shot, but it was still uh, I thought at least of the four goals that was probably the the weakest one obviously like the Dubois one which we saw thought originally went to Morrissey still gets the record as as Dave was pointing out on social media but um you know he's not going to have any chance on that one it was just a deflection nice shot lots of traffic in front obviously you know the the Shifley goals I know those are nice goals so I'm not going to fault hell uh, pardon me Shesterkin on that one so uh, I thought for the most part, but also, you know, there was the, remember when Ehlers flipped the puck? I think that was the second period and Shesterkin no, went to catch it. It was the third. Yeah. And whiffed on it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I just thought Shesterkin, like this is a guy that at times when he's not just played the Jets, but you know, the last few years in the NHL, like he, he's looked almost like Hasek. Like he's almost like Hellebuck, like Shesterkin, Hellebuck. I mean, yeah. these are the best goalies in the league. Shesterkin, Saros, Hellebuck, right? Vasilevsky. Yeah. yeah mean, Vasilevsky. You could yeah. throw, I guess, uh, Sorokin on there if you want to yeah. you know he well, hasn't he really done it enough but yeah but yeah so, these are the best goalies in the league and and he just didn't have it tonight he like it, it wasn't like a goalie duel where they were both you know going shot for shot right. it was Hellebuck yeah. stopping everything and Shesterkin basically letting in one out of every three shots 
that's basically how it works. Let's get into it. It's the Betway Game Recap. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway. They're the official title sponsor of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show and one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. It was great seeing the Betway ad uh, on the boards at the uh, at, at the moose game earlier today so and of course you see it throughout the game on the uh, rolling screen changing ad thing that annoys everybody to hell but I you know in any event our friends at Betway big thanks to them what for are the support. chances by the way that that goes back or is that is that just here to stay it's here to stay yeah they're only probably. going the technology is only going to improve and probably yeah. get more consistent yeah and I think it actually has got more consistent throughout the season so it's right. just one of those annoying things you're gonna have to live yeah. with uh, sort of much like our relationship is, is, yeah. is well, the technology is going to get better and better and better. And then yeah. the NHL is eventually just going to have robots and then a legal curve will eventually just be right. It'll be robots. Everything will be robots. Cyborgs at the very least. I mean, yeah, I'm not cyborgs, sure if we can, yeah. you know, I'm not sure if a cyborg is more technologically advanced than a robot, but whatever it is, it's going to be some sort of uh, some, something like AI, that. something yeah. involving AI. I hear. Well, actually, but it's just what we're going to do. We're just going to do what's it called? Chat G uh, chat uh, with a chat GPT or something, whatever the hell it's called. We're just going to auto, uh, tr- uh, auto do the show, auto transcribe the show using Chat GPT or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, Jets open the scoring. It's on the power play. Pierre Luc Dubois, his twenty fourth of the season, assist to Josh Morrissey. Uh, the of course the record setter for Morrissey, Nikolai Ehlers as well. This one starts with a faceoff win. The Jets sort of scramble the draw and they jump on the loose puck and they bring it back to the point and they just work it around quickly. Dubois goes to the front of the net as we talked about before, and Morrissey with the shot and Dubois with the tip and the Jets you know for a long time they was they had trouble scoring the opening goal well I think that's now the third straight game that they've uh, that they've scored the opening goal in and this one gives them a one nothing lead at the 512 mark of the first period as a yeah Morrissey Ehlers back to Morrissey and we talked about it it was credited to to Morrissey but you could tell if Dubois didn't get a piece of it I think it went off of ended up going off of his shin pad but, you know, he provided some traffic in front of Shesterkin. So, you know, th- again, like you said, Drew, off the faceoff, it's quick. Um, and, you know, this is the type of goal that we talked about on Saturday morning show, the type of goal that the Jets were scoring a lot of back in, you know, October, November, December. Uh, just, you know, kind of hockey power play 101, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for all of the struggles the Jets have had on the power play, that was huge. When you talk about, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois setting the tone for this team with his physicality, a goal like that really set the tone, I thought, for the rest of the game. Like, in terms of just, I thought, how the Jets, you know, played, um, you know, with the lead, really. Because five-on-five five was controlled, dominated. You know, I thought it was funny. Our friend Garrett Hole, who's going to join us on next Saturday's show, he was saying Corsi is dead after <laughs> uh, after the Jets went up 4-1, right? Because it was just five shots for the Rangers for every one shot for the Jets or something well, the, like that, right? And the, just the Jets took advantage when they had their, you know, their grade-A scoring chances. The expected goals, now this is on all situations, when, of course, the Rangers had way more power plays. The expected goals in all situations in the game were 4.9 to 1.8 in favor of the Rangers. Uh, even just 
just looking at even strength. So take away uh, the 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 man advantage. Expected goals were three point four to one point six. So I mean, look, uh, this is a team got goalied, and the Jets, you know, were the team that that did that to the Rangers. And well, you know, full marks to Connor Hellebuck, as we've talked about throughout the first twenty plus minutes here uh, on on this illegal curve post game show. We say good evening to everyone that they're just joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us. Of course, it is a Monday evening. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg talking about the Jets 4-1 victory over the New York Rangers tonight on Broadway in Madison Square Garden and the Jets opened the scoring at the 5-12 mark and then about 11 minutes and 20 seconds later Mark Shifley just as the penalty to Morgan Barron for high sticking has expired four seconds after the penalty expires Dave uh, Mark Shifley bangs home a rebound assist to Kyle Connor and Neil Pionk, uh, as you mentioned, that you know not a lot of these goals could be blamed necessarily on on Shesterkin. This one is probably a rebound he doesn't like to give up, Dave. And Shifley is Johnny on the spot to knock it in. And the Jets again, who had been on their heels, who'd been badly outshot, twenty to nine in that first period. Just as the as they kill off another penalty, or they kill off the first penalty of the game, uh, that wasn't the the five minute major that uh, Gagne and Trocheck took, of course make it 2 nothing, a huge goal for the Jets to give them a little bit of breathing room late in the first period. Yeah, and Mark Shifley gets his 33rd of the season, so he's on pace for, I think at that point, he had been on pace for about 47 goals this year, so he would be setting a new career high, of course, if he hits that, Marquez. But, I mean, you got to give Neil Pionk credit. We've been quick to uh, to pillory him when he's made mistakes, but you give him credit for recognizing an opportunity. And one okay. of the advantages to having you know, offensive guys on the PK is that they'll recognize an opportunity and nobody can sniff one out probably better than Kyle Connor. And Kyle Connor recognized that, that chance and as did Mark Shifley. And so they turned with, you know, what was it? Five seconds left in the box. They turned that neutral zone opportunity into an attack. And sure enough, Kyle Connor, you know, gets that shot off and Mark Shifley goes to the net. And that's all you can ask for. And, you know, they said it on the broadcast. Not only did Mark Shifley go to the net, but Neil Pionk ended up at the side of the net as well, yeah. looking for a rebound. So, you know, I mean, again, recognizing that Barron is coming out of the penalty box and we'll be able to cover for him if he, if he, if the play goes back the other way. But again, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that word that we've been using for a while now, boys, throughout this broadcast, but opportunistic, right? The Jets, again, PK was very good and you've got to give credit to the PK and starts, of course, with your goaltender being excellent. But I thought the PKers did a very good job uh, throughout the course of this game, four for four. I don't know what the range, where the Rangers PK, uh, the power play story sits in the NHL. I'm going to guess it's probably top five as maybe top 10, but, but the fact is that the Rangers have a very good power play and it's firing on all cylinders. And so you've got a Jets team that 11th. Only, I was close. Fine. Yeah. 11th, 11th power play in the NHL. And still you held them. And then not only did you hold them, but then you created momentum. Well, you thought you'd create momentum. But at least you gave yourself, as Drew just said, a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, yeah and, it, and uh, you know, uh, you mentioned Neil Pionk, and I think that's a guy that's need, needed to be isolated on this goal, right? Because Kyle Connor, nice, you know, quick release that we've seen. And as you say there, uh, Drew, I think the, 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 the rebound is not a good rebound for sure. It's mm -hmm. a juicy rebound. Yeah. And Shifley jumps on it. But the fact is Pionk, you know, gets on his horse and gets that puck up to Connor quickly. Mm -hmm. And it, I forget who the defenseman was that turned it over. Truba was out there. It might have been Nico Mikola, but he goes to kind of make a play. And 
it's just it was a good transition by the Jets. Like that's how you want to transition the puck off of a faceoff quickly. So good play by Pionk by getting the pass up to Connor, and then he jumps up into the play to give Connor another option there, or you know jump on a rebound which Shifley jumps on. And again, that was pretty late in the first period, and and that's a killer, right? With the way Hellebuck was playing, and it turns out to be the game winning goal. You obviously didn't know that at the time, but um, I think Dave is right for a guy you know who hasn't had his best season. Uh, on that particular goal, Pionk deserves a, a huge part of the credit for that goal. Yeah, he's had a lot. The, so far, the last couple of games have been good from Neil Pionk. You're seeing more. You're seeing good Neil Pionk as opposed to bad yeah, Neil Pionk that we've good seen uh, for the last Neil. little while. Yeah, thank you. Uh, two nothing for the Jets after 20 minutes, so they're feeling good about themselves despite the disparity in shots on goal. And maybe it looks like it's one of those games where Hellbuck is dialed in. And of course, we know that that's how it ended up being. Jets make it three nothing. Kyle Connor getting his 26th of the season, assist to Mason Appleton and Josh Morrissey. This comes at the 6.04 mark of the of the third period. Pardon me, the second period. It's not going to show up on the score sheet, but this is, starts by Pierre-Luc Dubois. This is Pierre-Luc Dubois' goal because he starts it in the Jets' own zone be, under, behind the goal line and carries the puck all the way up clean zone exit to a clean zone entry and then the Jets move the puck around very nicely Kyle Connor uh you know is left alone in the slot and we touched on that goal before as he it's sort of a it's a difficult shot it doesn't look like the hardest shot that he's ever unleashed it doesn't look like it's the you know necessarily the the best scoring opportunity we've ever seen from Kyle Connor but the way he he positions it and he places it very well and it sort of looks like maybe uh, Shosturkin's got a little bit of a screen he's trying to fight through there but it's a difficult awkward sort of save for him to make and he's unable to make it but you can't talk about this goal if you just looked at it Pierre-Luc Dubois name isn't on here anywhere but uh if it wasn't for Pierre-Luc Dubois this goal doesn't happen no he he supermans that into the the Rangers yeah. zone like you said Drew the one-man zone entry with his power um but I just love what Morrissey does here and I know that Dave appreciates this type of stuff um because Connor tries to get it across to Appleton and it gets picked off. And I, I, I want to say it was Philip Heedel. I'm watching the replay here, but I don't see it clearly. Philip Heedel has the puck, and Morrissey pokes it back to Appleton, and Appleton gets it back to, to Connor, right? So just a, a beautiful play for me by by Josh Morrissey to point, point that puck. Pardon me. Get that puck away from Philip Heedel and get it to Appleton and over to uh, Connor for a beauty goal. Even though I think you know that's a, st- a stop that Shesterkin would like to make. It was a you know a nice release by Connor, but. I, I just love the play by Morrissey to poke the puck away from the Rangers player there. I think it was Philip Heedle. Yeah, it, 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 it's, again, we talked about it sort of earlier in the show, Dave. It's the Jets' best players stepping up and making important plays at, at key opportunities. And when you can carry the puck out of your own zone, mm-hmm. and then when you can get a clean zone entry, it, it's just such a huge function in in ultimately winning hockey games right clean zone exits clean zone entries if you want you know if you want to look for a relatively simple stat to understand folks you know i know that sometimes a lot of the analytics and advanced stats can be a little bit confusing or a little bit uh take a little bit of extra comprehension uh, and you know for a dullard like myself it sometimes is a little bit difficult for me to wrap my brain around but clean zone exit clean zone entry 
track those. And if you're winning those on a nightly basis, you're likely doing well for your team. And you're like, your team is likely succeeding when you're, when you're doing that uh, versus your opponent uh, better than, better than uh, the opponent does, Dave. I don't understand. What do you want me to say? I don't know. You can just talk about anything you want, really. You can talk, tell us about. Okay, well, the moose day. actually played today. Yeah, no, 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 and uh, wait, wait for that. I mean, you can talk about anything. Just you know. Well, I'm just saying, like you know, always say that I talk too much, and here I'm well, giving you an opportunity to get some words in, well, and you're like, "What do you want, Drew?" Well, I mean, at that point, it was kind of like that was kind of like a hard stop, but I'm not really certain where I'm supposed to take it from here. As he like, I'll back little, up, Dave. Uh, here, that was a hard like, stop. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not really sure. There's what nothing was going soft on. about that. Yeah, like seriously. So I'm still I'm sitting there. I'm uh, I'm thinking, okay, well, Drew will pivot now to the next goal or something. Maybe the, he wants me to talk about the sh- the goal against the Jets. Dave wants to be but, teed up. I know. I mean, like I agree, Drew. Here, well, let me just pretend like I didn't just do that, Ezzy. I also agree that clean zone <laughs> entries and clean zone exits is very good for your team. Track that, folks. How's that? Track the number of time I flip you off on the course of the post. Uh, okay, no. all right. Good uh, little pushback from Drew there. Yeah, no, but yeah, I mean, yeah. look at there's there's been some games lately, guys, where the Jets haven't been able to master that, right? And I mentioned like I didn't watch the whole game last night, didn't do the post game show with you guys, but there were there was a big part of the second period that I was watching where you know the Jets were just disjointed. I mean, like that's one thing that we talked about coming out of the All Star slash player break. Yeah. is that regardless of where the Jets end up finishing, you want your game to look a certain way on a game-by-game basis, right? And I think, you know, this is a good start. And, you know, the, if the Jets are able to beat the Islanders, I mean, that's going to go a long way. But who do you have coming back home on Friday night, next Friday night? You've got the Colorado Avalanche. Then you've got the Islanders again, right? So this is not an easy part of the schedule. We talked about that on Saturday morning show, right? So I think, you know, you could easily look at the shots and say, yeah, the Rangers got goalied, and let's not make any mistakes here. They did get goalied, but the Jets also took advantage of their goals and had some other opportunities, were solid on the PK. So overall, I mean, you got the two points. That's all that matters. It's a cliche, but I still think that you like more than Hellebuck's goaltending in this game. I think you like the fact that Shifley put in a couple goals. You know, you love the fact that overall the Jets were really good in the second game of a back-to-back. I mean, Logan Stanley didn't have a re- big impact in the game, but Sam Gagne obviously did. I mean, with even though, you know, fighting is not something that you're going to say directly correlates to a win here, um, but he, fi- he provided some energy on that fourth line, I thought. Rangers decide to uh, get on the scoreboard. Not that they decide to get on the scoreboard, but they just get help on them the, out a little bit. Yeah, they get on the scoreboard here. Exactly. Uh, a couple of unforced errors and some uh, blown opportunities here. It ends up with Vincent Trocheck getting his 16th of the year. Assist of Vlad- uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, his 21st. Uh, of course, he's fit in nicely since coming over from St. Louis. This is at the 11-minute mark of the second period. And just when you think maybe the Jets get some of those warts out of their game, this is not one that Mark Scheifele is going to want to watch on the field. Review. A lot of people. It's not just Mark Shifley. Well, but it, you're right. His was, the, his was the most egregious for sure. Right. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. There's the first, there's the, the, the flyby that he tries to make at, at the blue line. And he's out of the, he's out of the zone, unfortunately, out of the jet zone. Unfortunately, the puck is still in the jet zone. And then he collects the puck and 
you know, he's just trying to do too much. And I appreciate that he's trying to make something uh, of nothing, but this was a case where he probably needed to be a little bit more cautious. And then it was just a, a comedy of errors a little bit in the jet zone, something we've seen too much of as of late with just a little bit of soft play and a little bit of casual play. And it ends up biting the jets in the behind, of course, uh, after the Shifley turnover really right in front of the net, it, it ends up with Trocek, uh, that, you know, taking the Tarasenko pass and just putting it past Hellebuck. And you're wondering, uh Oh, there's still a lot of time to play in this game. And now it's three, one, but, just uh, ugliness and and soft and casual. I think that would be the word that has really hurt the Jets as of late, Dave, is their casual play uh, at times. And this is another one of those instances. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. And look, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for you to get that puck out and you have it on your stick. So there's no excuse. Right. And Mark Shifley doesn't, not only does he take that puck, takes it right in front of the net. And yeah. there's a lot of, and not only, but not only does he take it right in front of the net, he takes it like, it's one thing you take it in front of the net when there's not a lot of traffic. Yeah. But that was like New York City rush hour traffic right there. I mean, it was it was it was a traffic jam yeah. in front of Carter Hellebuck. And sure enough, as he he uh, turns that puck over and it ends up in the back of the Jets net. And look, a couple of things, right? You want you you say, look what happens right after that. And you you if you're a Jets fan and you're thinking to yourself, look, the Rangers have given up leads to have given up uh, uh, leads to the Oilers. Sorry, have given away the uh, score to the Oilers and the Flames and maybe even the Canucks. And they were able to come back in all of those games and the Oilers game. We know they won the flame. Sorry. They lost, but, but got to overtime The flames. No, sorry. They won the Oilers game, lost the flames game in OT, but these are games that they've given up two goal leads or three goal leads. So you know, the Rangers are capable of coming back and you know, the Rangers are feeling like they're capable of coming back based on a, how they've played of late and B how they've controlled the course of this game. Now, they're also having to know that this is one of those instances where they're going to have to possess the puck because their goaltender doesn't appear to have it as he, and I agree with you that that kind of flub he made on the Ehlers uh, kind of odd dump in kind of lazy fly ball uh, one. You're thinking, okay, Sirkin's a, a little bit nervous right now. And it expect- looked like me out in the outfield playing for Ashkenazi <laughs> there, Dave, not really knowing what I was doing back there. That's true. So, I mean, anyways, it was one of those situations where you thought, okay, what's going to happen? Is the tide going to turn now? that the Rangers have that goal, they've drawn blood, and they're they're feeling good because now they're finally getting a reward, right? Before, they're, they're controlling. I mean, it's, 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 it's you know, I don't want to say it's Pavlovian, but, like, you're not getting that, that, that bell isn't ringing. That bell isn't ringing for you. You're not getting, you're salivating, but that bell ain't ringing because you're not scoring any goals. They finally score a goal. They feel good about themselves, and they're going to try and keep on rolling against the Jets. Yeah, so it, uh, the second period ends with the Jets having a 3-1 lead. Each team what about scoring. that DeMello save? Wasn't that in the second period or was that the third? The DeMello the butt save. The butt save. I know what you're talking about. I thought that was... I feel like no. that was in the se- second period, wasn't it? Uh, no, it would have been in the third period because isn't that where Morgan Barron takes the penalty on Tyler Mott? Yeah, the cross-checking. Was, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And that was right after the DeMello save. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was in the third period, but... Things got definitely chaotic around the the around the goal mouth uh, of the Winnipeg Jets for probably the first ten or so minutes of that third period. There was a lot of traffic, a lot of chaos, but Connor Hellebuck was up to the challenge, uh, making a number of impressive saves. Even the, Dylan DeMello making an impressive save with his backside when he didn't really know what he was doing, but uh, just sacrificing. And there was a couple of other instances. There was the you know Josh Morrissey broke up a two on one. Uh, I think that was actually the two on one that may have. Is that the one that led to the uh, that led to the Connor goal? I'm trying to. Everything's blending together a little bit. But was that Alexi Alexi Lafreniere? Is that the one yeah. I thought he 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 broke up something there? But 
and and just going back to what you know Dave said, like obviously Shifley gets walked on the line by Adam Fox and then gives the puck away to, to Vincent Trocek, and then it goes to Tarasenko, then then back to Trocek for the goal. But Shifley are also scored two goals tonight, right? So and it, and it's the second game of a back to back. So it's it's one of those. It's a weird game, right? Like the Jets score on their only power play. Uh, you know they're excellent on the PK as we talked about. Uh, the the rubber was just absolutely flying at Connor Hellebuck all night long. We talked about you know twenty shots in the first period, fifty one overall, and so you're you're thinking okay, well you were badly outplayed at five. I'm looking at some of the Corsi numbers. They're... I don't know how Adam Lowry was at even strength was a four. Well, no, so that forward line as you I mean and I, I have it listed to bring up Gagne, Lowry, and Barron. I mean, and that's generally been a pretty good, a pretty you know can hold their own. They had a Corsi percentage of six. <laughs> yeah, six. like I don't, I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't know that I've ever seen a, a Corsi percentage that low. Below 20. Usually you don't see anything like if a guy's got 20, that's bad, or well, like 15 or something like that. So, what did we say Manalainen had yesterday, Dave? It was something really low as well, but I don't think it yeah. was as low as six. No, I don't that think was so. the 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 Gagne, Lowry, and, and Baron line, which played eight minutes and 46 seconds at five on five had a Corsi 4 percentage of 6. 1 against 14. I mean, that is... Adam yeah, Lowry didn't... I mean, even that play where Adam Lowry got caught in the neutral zone, which I think is the second game in a row now where that's happened, where he was just... He was slow. And the puck was bouncing in the neutral zone, but it ends up leading to a 2-on-1. I mean, I don't know. Adam Lowry's got to be like... If he's not scoring, can't be making defensive mistakes. I mean, I know it's 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 it, it sounds a little harsh, but that's just the reality. If you're not going to produce which is what you need to be doing as a third line center. And we've been, we've been a broken record or broken DVD. Although Drew doesn't play DVD, so he can't watch movies snatch. If you were watching last night's post game show, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But the fact that matters. Snatch Drew. I've, I've seen it. I just don't remember. Like Dave was going on and on about how great of a movie it was. And I just. It's one I of never, my top I, five movies of all time. Thank you, Ezzy. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe, maybe top, maybe top two. I mean, Happy Gilmore is probably never going to be knocked off number one. <laughs> or but, that's my uh, boy. Don't forget or, about that's my boy. And I, I'm like a big raging bull guy. But um, I would say that, yeah, that movie. I mean, I've seen that movie, I would say at least, I don't know, 20 times. Yeah. Anyways, I, we can't have another sidebar about that one because we already did yesterday. You like dogs, but, Drew? <laughs> well, Ezzy, the reason was because Bricktop, Bricktop right there, who just joined the chat, or I noticed for the first time is chatting, because Bricktop, Bricktop, sorry, was the uh, the winner of the Tough Duck, too. So Bricktop, well, Drew's got just, Bricks 10. Yes, but Bricktop, in case you didn't realize, you won the Tough Duck hardest hit took for the hardest hitting comment last night, not tonight, last night. Make sure you uh, email Ezzy, and you'll hear how to do that when we give away the uh, next Tough, tough Duck took after the commercial break. So lots happening. Lots happening. Let's go back to the Jets game. The last thing that happened was, of course, Mark Shifley getting his 34th goal of the season. Assist to Kyle Connor and Mason Appleton. And you can see the chemistry that these two guys have together because there was almost the picture. The, he was very close to getting the hat trick goal yeah. shortly thereafter. Just a give and go where Connor tr just attracts all the attention and he's just able to feed it over to Shifley. And this is just an absolutely wicked backhand by Mark Shifley. It's so wicked that it's our Seagram shot of the game. Seagram's, uh, you know, proud distributor, of course, of fire ball tastes like heaven burns like hell and mark shifley's goal in the third period at the 1529 mark uh is our seagram shot of the game it's also the rounds out the scoring in tonight's contest giving the jets the 4-1 victory as a yeah and, and i'm sure i'm not sure if it was drew or dave that mentioned you know nice uh pass from mason appleton up into the ranger zone and mm -hmm. the thing to, that stood out to me is that 
you know, not only was it a nifty pass and a really nice backhanded goal for Mark Shifley, but like Connor puts this in, in, in between three different Rangers, it was Keandre Miller and Adam Fox were the two defensemen back. So it was like, it happened in slow motion. Like it was a little backhanded saucer pass. And you're just thinking to yourself, like there, like there were, there was not one, not two, but three Rangers could have like disrupted that pass or picked off the pass. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was just incredible. I mean, it was like puck on a rope type of thing. Um, really nice play between, as you mentioned, Drew, we've seen Shifley and Connor do this for how many years now? Nice. Uh, and that was the final nail in the coffin. The game was already over at that point because the Rangers wow. just couldn't get anything back. But but that one was just the absolute final killer. Yeah, no question about that. That made it 4-1, and they certainly weren't going to get five goals past Connor Hellbuck the way Hellbuck was playing tonight. It was the I like Connor... how they entertained that thought in the in the in the on the broadcast. They're like, well, unless something crazy happens, and I'm like. <laughs> And like the only way, the, the only way that Connor Hellebuck is giving up any goals is if he gets shot from the gra- grassy knoll and he's lying there and they're scoring yeah. goals over him because he is not getting. I I, I didn't think they were going to get one more past him, let alone three. But boys, boys, let's not forget though the Rangers do have Chris Kreider, so Chris Kreider is capable of injuring goalies. I'm that sorry, that's a bit of a, a bit of a cheap shot, but I mean, wow, it did cost <laughs> Montreal. Did cost Montreal the uh, chance to go for the cup? But I think if I recall correctly, that won me the playoff pool. I think I ended up I had a whole bunch of Rangers that year in the playoff pool, so I was okay with it. But that's going oh, way back. Pool. How many years ago is that now, Izzy? Oh, 2013. Yeah, I was going to say 10. Uh, 10 years ago. It sounds Maybe it longer. sounds plausible. It sounds yeah. it sounds plausible. It's old school. Yeah, yeah. it is old school. Uh, that was the Rangers. Was that the Rangers Kings down the Cup final? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so that would have been 20, 2014, right? 2012? Uh, 2012 or 2014? No, 20... 2012 was Devils. Was, no, 2012 yeah. was Devils. 2013 was the Hawks. 2012 was, I think, was Devils and Kings. So, um... You're right. Shout out to Ilya Kovalchuk, Dave. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's all coming full circle here on tonight's edition of the Illegal Curve post-game ah. show. The Jets win 4-1 over the New York Rangers. They alleviate of the Dallas Stars having played the same number of games four up on the Avs. The Avs have two in hand. But most importantly, with Calgary losing at home to uh, Philadelphia, even more room between the final playoff spot and the Winnipeg Jets. Minnesota currently holds the final playoff spot. Calgary, 63 points. They're uh, two behind the Wild. And eight points behind the Jets. Just quickly, Drew, before we go to break, it's amazing how quickly it dissipates and how quickly you lose a couple of games and suddenly, you know, we're talking about the Jets challenging Dallas and they're what, like one point back at Dallas right now. But those teams that are in the rear view mirror, as he, they're starting to get a little closer. I than said they that a month before. ago. I know you did. Everybody but I'm just was that. talking about like, you know, Colorado, are they even going to make the playoffs? Like, what are you talking about? As yeah. soon as they get healthy, they're going to start winning every game. Yeah. If you had to pick one team that's going to win the central right now between, you know, the, oh, the wild, the hundred percent avalanche. Exactly. It's hundred percent. It's not even, avalanche. it's not even close. I mean, I could see the jets winning the division. I could see the stars winning the division. Well, I, just based on talent. I mean, it's got to be the avalanche. Well, look at the Avs, six, two and two in their last 10. The and jets are five and five. What's that, Dave? Isn't that without McKinnon? Like he's just, uh, or is it McKinnon or Ratnan? McCar's out too. No, I know McCar just left, but I think, yeah. wasn't it McKinnon who just started lightly skating? Like, no, Landeskog. Landeskog. Oh, Landeskog. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's call, I, in my books, it's still Colorado's division uh, to win, uh, which is amazing because they were, they were, they were far back for a while there, but the way they're playing. Also, the defending Stanley Cup champs. I know. Everybody else is playing 500 hockey. They're playing, you know, 700 or they're 800%. Playing chess. 
you know, well, <laughs> they might be playing 3D chess if everyone else is playing checkers. In any event, the Jets win 4-1 tonight in New York. When we come back, more of the post-game show. We'll read some of the quotes coming from the Jets dressing room, contest giveaways, and, of course, some of the trade talk and the injury status of Cole Perfetti. Much more to come. Don't go anywhere. It's a busy Monday night edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. 
Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zappia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zappia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zappia of Zappia Group Realty. Online at zappiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. We're back. Monday Night Hockey saw the Winnipeg Jets defeat the New York Rangers 4-1. The Jets next in action Wednesday night in New York on Long Island to face the Islanders as they wrap up their four-game home four-game road trip before heading home to face the Colorado Avalanche on Friday night. Opportunity for the Jets to equalize on this road trip with a victory on Wednesday. A much-needed win tonight for the Jets over the New York Rangers. Some interesting stats and things that I've perused on Twitter according to moneypuck.com. Connor Hellebuck had a goal saved above expectation at 23.4 goals so far this year, entering tonight's game. That was third in the NHL. Strictly on the basis of tonight's effort, he added another 3.47 goals saved above expectation. So, of course, he was tremendous, as you all know. He's exceeding expectations, Drew. He is exceeding expectations. As he said to Sean Reynolds in the post-game show, our buddy Rennie, he, uh, the comment was, quote, pretty routine night is what Connor Hellebuck <laughs> said to Sean Reynolds. So his droll hey. sense of humor. Sorry, he did say he did say to Mike yesterday in New Jersey he wants to maintain positivity and keep a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. Clearly, yeah. that clearly that worked out for him. Keep that negativity well. away from him, right, Dave? Bring in the good, block the bad, bring in the good, block the bad, bring in the good. That's nice. Thank you for doing that for us, Dave. That was exciting for everybody. Uh, Igor Shosturkin refused to talk to the New York media after the game, which I found interesting wow. that Larry Brooks reporting that. So Shosturkin clearly Brooksy. frustrated with his play, fighting the puck as of late. Uh, and you saw that, uh, you know, on a couple of different instances. In it's funny when you lose game. one game. I mean, obviously, he yeah, hasn't like played that. well of late. I never like it on. when guys refuse to talk to the media. Like, just, just stand there, answer some questions, and then go home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like honestly though like i mean you're paid millions of dollars and you know the yeah. media are trying to do their job i just i i'm not picking on shesterkin here i just don't like what anybody does that in any sport just give the give the rote cliche answers we've all exactly. come to expect and be done yeah. with it like we're not asking you to answer questions for 25 minutes just spend five minutes answer some questions yeah, say it's not watergate very folks, well chill yeah exactly <laughs> uh mike mcintyre asked pierre luc dubois what he thought of connor hellebuck's 50 save performance dubois said quote yeah it wasn't that great hellbuck was sitting right beside them when he asked them and dubois followed up with i mean he's right there i don't want to talk too good about him so the jets obviously feeling much better about themselves uh after tonight's victory over the new york rangers certainly relieving the pressure just a little bit uh this one courtesy of our buddy jim toth Connor Hellbuck, when facing 40-plus shots and or making 40-plus saves, has a record of 23-4, and 
a goals against average of 2.19 and a save percentage of 950. So apparently Whoa. Connor Halbach, who certainly has faced his fair share of rubber over the years here in Winnipeg, really does like it when he faces 40 or more shots. The opponents, not so much, but Connor Halbach likes it a lot, Dave. I'm pretty sure he's faced more shots than anybody else since uh, since he became a starter, Drew. Nobody's nobody's taken more shots than Connor Halbach uh, in net. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely faced a lot of rubber. Let me. So we haven't talked about it, but Cole Perfetti out of the lineup for tonight's game. People were wondering yeah. about the status of Nikolai Ehlers. Turned out Nikolai Ehlers was fine. He played tonight for the Jets. How, how much ice time did he get? He got 13 and a half minutes of the only ice guy, time. The only guy who was over 20 was Mason Appleton. Yeah, which is uh, unexpected, of course, but that's uh, heavily influenced by the almost four penalty minutes uh, Mason yeah. Appleton played on the penalty kill. Uh, Ehlers uh, was healthy. Cole Perfetti not healthy, and if you read between yeah. the lines and you listen to what you know, uh, uh, Rick Bonus said before the game in discussing Perfetti's health, it seems like he's going to be on the shelf for a little bit. I wouldn't expect him back uh, for Wednesday's game against the New well, York I, Islanders. I, I don't know. I mean, I that, I thought that was typical. He was just trying to be. Uh, he was he was being his usual Rick Bonus self, where he he wasn't giving up anything. I didn't read. I mean, sure, you can read into it however you want, Drew. I just I didn't. We don't I know the severity of the injury yeah, is what you're saying, right. Dave, right? Yeah, exactly. I just didn't get I didn't get the sense that he was giving it one way or the other. That would be the way I would phrase it. Fair enough. Uh, you know, different uh, different uh, interpretations from different Which folks. is, by the way, for the record, is the reason why you probably want to give a little more specific. Otherwise, it leads to different interpretations of what you're saying when you're not being clear. No, but also, <laughs> no, Dave's obviously joking, but like there's also nothing to indicate that he is going to play Wednesday, Drew, right? So, right. so you're not wrong at all. Like, I, I mean, I think like flip a coin whether he's going to play i don't do we even know what happened like i, I saw no. something happen late in the game um, no no he he said he said himself as he when he was doing his media availability and weber was pressing him a little bit and he essentially said it occurred during the game it was bothering him but he finished the game so we don't know when it was that it actually transpired in any event, something to keep an eye on. Let me ask you guys this. I think it was Nick Kiprios who was talking about the Jets' uh, desire or the Jets' interest in Timo Meyer, saying that it would it, it would cost them Cole Perfetti in exchange. Yeah. Would you guys Would you guys consider that? Let, let's assume, because no. I mean, look, the Jets aren't going to consider that if 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 there's not an extension for Timo Meyer. That yeah, would you're, come along you're, with it. it's, it's pre- the question is predicated on an extension, right? So if there was a if there was an extension happening, would you do that? Would you consider no. that? Well, it depends. I mean, oh, I'd consider I don't th- it. For I sure. don't. I don't think you're doing it straight up. No, no, I'm sure that the the sharks wouldn't be doing it straight up. Not. A, they're definitely no, not there's, doing no, there's, it straight up. Well, no, but I mean, the the thing, it, it's a hard trade to just like I haven't thought about it a lot. I haven't broken it down like what well, we're talking about, how many sort of, players are I mean, involved. But like Timo Meyer is obviously at this point in his career a, a much more a step like. He's a perennial thirty goal plus guy, right? Like he's already doesn't he already have thirty goals this year? He already got thirty goals this year, yeah. right? So like, like it, it's look, you're you're getting a guy that is going to make your top six better, but you're also trading away the potential of Perfetti. Obviously, we're talking in this is you know speculation. This is well, hypothetical. This is what this is what right? this is what San Jose I don't, I don't has know. leaked I, I, the cost of, of acquiring Timo Meyer. Yeah, so part I mean, of the cost. So yeah, I don't. It, it's tough to say because I mean I'm I'm very high on Perfetti. Like I I think you know he's going to be really good and he's already a good NHLer, Dave. Right? Yeah. Like so it's tough to. I don't know. I mean you're trading the the future potential of Perfetti for Meyer now and for the next. You'd think that they would sign him to 
seven years, right? Minimum. Yep. You would, you'd want to you'd want to sign him long term, whatever right. long term looks like. It's not going right. to be a, it's not going to be two years. No, and, and watch no. him walk to UFA no. status. So I, my answer to that would be maybe, but leaning towards no. Okay, interesting. I'm the Dave. other way. I, the other way? I, as well, oh, I like Perfetti. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a fantastic player, but I think that to get an established player, if you're a team that's in a win now mode, then you don't. I mean, this is something that helps you win now, not win three, four years down the road. So I think that if 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 the cost of Timo Meyer with the extension, of course, is Cole Perfetti plus, obviously, uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a trade that you're realistically doing because. You know, you're not needing to protect Timo Meyer. He's going to go into your top six, and he's going to make your top six a lot better. I think the issue, the biggest issue, isn't you know that the Jets are unwilling to. I, I just think that there's going to. It's going to be tough for the Jets to acquire him because we hear that the Devils and Hurricanes covet him, right? Right. And yeah. Among other teams, right? And by so the I, way, and by the way, as he, uh, Vegas just made Mark Stone uh, put him on LTIR, so they've got ten million in, in cap space. Right. So Vegas is Vegas is the team that hasn't been talked about as much. When it comes to Timo Meyer, uh, and then you hear maybe Dallas, but you hear Dallas might want Patrick Kane. Like, so it's it's. I, I just think it's going to be tough with all the other teams. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the Jets might trade for him tomorrow, and I'm completely wrong. <laughs> as soon as the as soon as we end the broadcast, uh, that's when the news comes down. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see. But I, I like Dave. Dave's not wrong, obviously, when he talks about you know the Jets are in win now mode. I just think you know Perfetti's only 21 years old. But yeah, to, to get Timo Meyer, you might have to give up a player like that. It sounds like you will have to give up a player like that. If it's not, you know, multiple draft picks and multiple prospects, you're going to have to give up a really good young forward. Uh, the Sharks aren't going to give away Timo Meyer for, you know, pennies on the dollar, right? So, That's right. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I really like Perfetti's game. And I think, you know, the sky's the limit for him, but we'll see what happens. The Jets weren't the only team that plays in Winnipeg to win tonight. I believe the Ice won as well as per they usual. Did four and the Manitoba Over Moose, Moose yep. yeah, the Manitoba Moose won five one as well this afternoon, which leads us seamlessly in. Put on your antlers! It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Drew, the only problem with this is it should it be the Mendel Moose Minute or the Manuk Moose Minute? You were in the stands. You were in the I was. crowd. I mean, I'll, could... I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. I'll chime in as as needed. As How needed. about that? Okay. What fair is enough. Drew going to break down his slice of pizza? <laughs> well, Ezzy, that's a good slice of pizza. Okay. Well, let's get into it. The Moose were back in action today, finishing out this two game set against the Grand Rapids Griffins, looking to bounce back from their shootout loss last night. Quick turnaround for this game. Jimmy Olney making his the captain making his home season debut after playing those that weird two three period uh, game against the Marlies in Toronto last week. Tyrell Bauer, the other Jets prospect, he was back in. Ashton Sautner, Dean Stewart, those guys were out. Alex Limoges, Cole Meyer, they were day to day. They remain out of the lineup. And Oscar Salmanen, who came in in relief of Arvid Holm yesterday, he got the start in net. Early power play for the Griffins, but it was the Moose who scored first, boys. Christian Reichel finished off a beauty three-way pass or two-way pass from Vili Hainola and Henry Nicken, and a lot of finish in that duo right there. Beauty pass from Nicken. Hainola looked like he was going to stop at the line while they're pressing on the power play, but he kept going, took the pass, and then made a nice beauty pass to Christian Reichel, who finished it off for his ninth of the season to make it a one-nothing lead for the Moose. And then Axel Janssen Fielbi, after a brutal turnover by the Grand Rapids Griffins. He got a nice pass from Nicholas Jones. So he scored his third goal in four games for the Manitoba Moose. He's trying to show the Jets, hey, call me back up. 
Captain Jimmy Olney looking for a dance partner, boys. He was looking for someone to fight. No one would answer it in the, both in the first and second periods. But with 7,000 in the crowd, including Mr. Drew Mandel, the captain knew that he needed to uh, to put on a good show, and that's what he was trying to do for all the all the folks enjoying Superhero Day. Well, the, the prospects started to continue, or continued, I should say, to uh, flourish in this game. Daniel Torgas in the 2020 second rounder. He looked a little sheepish, actually, when this goal <laughs> went in, but... Let me, let me let me interrupt you. He should have looked sheepish. I mean, it's not yeah. his fault at all, but it happened right in front of me. I was right behind the grand round yeah. of Griffin's yeah. uh, net. I mean, and Axel, what's his name? Uh, Nadelkovich. Uh, yeah, Nadelkovich. He looked terrible, uh, you know, for the most part today for Grand Rapids. Um, but he just missed the shot entirely, and I think the missed shot confused Nadelkovich, and it just yeah. it was just as ugly of goal as you're gonna see. And I was like, like, even my kids who were like, Ugh, that shouldn't have gone in, should it, Daddy? No, like, no, no. kids, no, it shouldn't have. No, and and it was funny because similar to the Jets, the also, Daddy, was... can you pass the Twizzlers back? <laughs> Dad, why have you, Dad, why have you eaten all the Twizzlers and we have nothing for us? Like, what is going on here? That is crazy. But anyways, you know what, I drew, and it was funny because it was one of those games. It was similar to. um the Jets game, right? The Moose didn't. I, I can't remember what the shots were. I'm looking them up right now, well, but I think Jets, in the first period they had, the had two eight goals, goals on the first three shots. I on think. the first three shots, they yeah. did. Yeah, it was eight three in the first period. So they had two goals on their first, and Tyler Boland actually hit a post. So they, which of course doesn't count as a shot, but the Moose uh, were riding even though they didn't have a lot of shots. So you, yeah, you're right, Drew. Uh, Nadelkovic didn't have his best game. No. But Torgerson made it three nothing mm-hmm. for the Moose. So you're suddenly going, okay, here we go. The Moose are rolling right now. And then um, what was the next goal? The next goal was, oh, the Grand Rapids got on the board. Their first power play goal uh, given up by the Moose in this weekend set. So they'd gone, they'd killed seven, they'd killed the first two in the, killed two in the first period to be seven for seven. And then of course they allowed one in the second period. So now it was a three, one game, but then the Moose restored their three goal lead courtesy of again, Billy Hainola. To Henry Nikkinen, who hit a nice, it was a nice long-range pass from Hainola from the Moose zone to Nikkinen, who was streaking into the Griffin zone, who feathered it over to Jeff Mallott, who bro- broke his goalless streak. I think he had gone 13 games without a goal. That was his 17th of the year. That made it 4-1. And while everyone knows that I'm generally an, an avowed wave hater, I'm not a wave hater at Moose games because Moose games, they're usually done by kids. And by when kids are doing the wave, I'm all for the wave. So... Big, big fan of the wave. The moose folks were having fun. Kids were enjoying the superheroes. People were enjoying meeting Icy Drew. It was a party down in the main ball. And it game ended on just a spectacular play a by ball. Daniel Torgerson. Yeah. Uh, Henry Nickinen picked up his third assist, made a nice play in the neutral zone, got mm-hmm. it the 2019 fourth rounder. He got it up to Torgerson, who's the 2020 second rounder. And he made just a beautiful kind of like, Forward, backwards, forwards, just had the Griffins defender just looking all over the place, but where the puck was, because Torgerson was past him. Then he feathered it over to Bolin to make it a 5-1 game. And that's how it would end. The Moose win 5-1. And uh, they're now 27-16-3-3. They're in third place uh, in the Central Division, trailing both Milwaukee and Texas, who are ahead of them by four. They've all played the same number of games. And the Moose have a set coming up against uh, Milwaukee on Thursday and Saturday. Milwaukee. Uh, so Milwaukee. So they'll have a chance to uh, try and catch the, one of the co-division leaders uh, when they come to town on, well, they'll be in town probably on Wednesday and they'll start again on Thursday. So a lot of fun at superhero day. And of course, superhero day wouldn't end, wouldn't be appropriate to end it without asking the players and the coach 
who their favorite superhero was. So we asked Billy Hainola who his favorite superhero was. He said Batman. Jeff Malad said Thor. No surprise because he's a big guy. And assistant coach Nolan Baumgartner, he actually volunteered it before I even got a chance to ask him that really hard-hitting question. I was going to say. And he said the Hulk. So uh, I'll ask you two the same question I asked all of them. Who are your favorite superheroes? As you let you, I'll defer to you on this one. To, to I don't know if I had one favorite superhero. Uh, I, I would say I was more of a Spider-Man guy than maybe Superman or, or Batman. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably go with, I mean, it's pretty cliche, but also my three-year-old son, Ruben, is obsessed with Spider-Man right now. So I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Okay, okay. good answer. As, uh, Drew? I, I'm sort of similar to Ezzy. I don't know if I had necessarily one that was uh, at the top of my top of my list, but I'm going to go with the Hulk because you know, mild-mannered Mindell can turn into a raging uh, green, uh, ferocious animal uh, at the drop of a hat if you get on my, my on my poor side. So I'll go with the Hulk uh, to answer this question. Well, I'll conclude it by answering my own question, not that anybody asked me. Yeah, but I was always a Wolverine guy. Eh. Big fan. Great movie. Well, read the Wolverine comics. My uncle got me into them when I was a kid. So uh, big fan of the Wolverine. So that was, that would be my go-to. And you you big fan of university of Michigan as well. There you go. There you go. Dave Wolverine as the aspider and me, a big green angry blob, which somehow is very, very appropriate. (laughs) Uh, Actually, can I change my answer? Sure. Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear Cocaine is my bear. favorite superhero. <laughs> Cocaine bear is your favorite superhero. Good. That's uh, again. I was talking to my in-laws, and they were proudly sporting their cocaine bear uh, gear. So that's something that uh, you know they, they 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 wear that proudly. As I don't blame them in the least bit. Uh, you know, for, can sorry, I just jump in here? A few people are commenting on my mustard-colored sweatshirt. I don't know if it's orange. the lighting down here. Orange. It's orange. It's orange. This is an every child matters. Yes, I think uh, I asked you about sweatshirt. that sweatshirt before. But everybody's talking about how it's it's mustard and yellow. Like no. a comment here talking about it. It's orange. My favorite color. It's burnt orange. I would describe it. Wait, it's not mustard at all. No. Yeah. But okay. but again, the lighting in this in my River Heights basement is not very good here. So I can understand why it looks yellow, but it's de- it is definitely orange. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that for everybody. I think we were all very concerned. Yeah, about, nobody uh, cared. Yeah, it was really quite the uh, random segue. Uh, let's go with uh, to the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest, which, of course, sure. we do on this show all the time after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. We give you a unique code word for you to enter. And then when you enter this unique code word, you, as a result, get extra entries for the opportunity to win some great Winnipeg Jets gear. To enter the contest, you click the drop-down arrow. Uh, pumpkin, that's a good way. It's a good description of it also there brent bellamy um mm, you pumpkin click the, pie i could yeah, go for a little pumpkin pie stop talking you click you click <laughs> the drop down arrow in the youtube channel or you for you and then you see the link for the contest page or you find the contest link on our website illegalcurve.com and you enter in the following unique code word in 37 they trust like it so that is the unique code word for today's edition of the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. In 37, and not the word 37, but the number 37, in 37, they trust, they being the entire Winnipeg Jets dressing room, because he certainly was a key factor in tonight's victory. So you enter in that code word, you get extra entries, and you are entered to win some great Winnipeg Jets merchandise, like today's winner, Mike, oh boy, uh, Padgett, is that what we're going to go with? Or what do we think? Padgett? Padgett? Yeah. I, I one would of the two. Padgett yeah. or Padgett? Okay. Either way, it's either Padgett or Padgett. I'm not sure which it is. Or maybe the J is silent and it's 
Payek. It's unlikely that the J is silent. I'm not, it's actually, Mike Paella. I am definitely not Paella either, but Mike and uh, Padgett is what we're going to go with for the time being. Maybe what we're going to say is congratulations to Mike. We could just right. say Mike P. Yeah, we could say Mike P. And well, you see, the beauty is we get in contact with Mike, so it's not like Mike has to reach out to us for this one. We we'll get in contact with Mike, and he'll get some great Winnipeg Jets gear uh, just for being a part. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Eric. Easier uh, than your than your last name of Bizarro but, Eric Orlison. Yeah, Bizarro. not my childhood friend Eric Orlison. The other Eric Orlison. That's right. Anyways, congratulations to Mike. We'll be in touch to get you hooked up with your great gear, courtesy of us at Illegal Curve. Be sure to enter next contest because that'll be on Wednesday night ahead of the Jets or the Jets and the Islanders game. Uh, A tough duck, hardest hitting comment. Mr. Ginsburg, who's getting the tough duck, hardest hitting comment uh, on for tonight's post game show? Speaking of last names that are hard to pronounce, we're going to give it to Greg Mickelchuk. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mickelchuk. I think everybody yeah, else. Mickelchuk, Mitchellchuk, something like that. Yeah. yeah, we're going to give it to him because I love this comment. I love peanut butter. Uh, I, I don't understand how anybody could not like peanut butter. Jets have been creamy peanut butter lately. Hellebuck brought them to crunchy tonight. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. So, uh, Greg, send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com, or you can slide into my DMs at ICSEG. Send me your mailing address, and Tough Duck will ship it a toque to you. And you're going to need it because it's going to be very cold this week. It's going to be a little bit nicer in a couple of weeks, but definitely minus 30 this week. So, congratulations. You're going to get Tough Duck toque. Congratulations to Greg, the winner of tonight's Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Dave, before I, I'm, I was thinking I'm going to wrap the show now, but yeah. do you have something that you want to play instead? Is or or they, I think we're going to really... do? I think we're going to do one at a time. We're not going to okay. do both this post game. We're going to do it's one slow, today. Slow reveal, right, Dave? One on Wednesday. So without oh, further geez. ado, without further ado, here are the out one of the outtakes from the Illegal Curve Grid Park commercial year one. On game day, start again. Dave, Dave, you started talking before it was recorded. (laughs) Go from the arena, Grid Park. It's, it's, I feel like I'm reading too much. Well, it is a bit of reading. It is, you have like six lines in the entire gun. No, I know, but I just in five, four. No, 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 countdown from 10. Five, four. That was good. I think we did it again. I thought that was good. I don't. Do we need to do another one? <laughs> that was well done. Good job well, editing that. We, together, well, we have aged in the last year. We have aged. Well, I, what, what I'll say is our back, our backgrounds are all better. Yes, our backgrounds. Are, I mean, yes, the background. My background is literally exactly the same. Like, there's maybe one picture of Rubens back there, but yeah, Drew's definitely has. Yeah, well, mine used to be so barren, not Morgan, but uh, you know, now at least I got a little <laughs> bit more uh, entertainment behind you, something to watch uh, to avoid with my inane ramblings. Uh, that was well done, Dave. I got to give you credit there. That was yeah. Well just done wait, the, the, the next one's a little longer. The next one's a little longer, but we will. Uh... We will have to wait till Wednesday show for everyone to stay tuned for the uh, the, uh, the next outtakes. Well, there you go. So no matter what else happens on Wednesday, if the Jets win, the Jets lose, you have something to look forward to. And that is the next edition of Illegal Curve Outtakes, where we pretend to know what the hell we're doing when we film these commercials, much like we pretend to a know. A funny comment from Matthew Thompson. So it's exactly like the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly right. That's exactly, he beat me to it. He took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets win tonight, 4-1 over the New York Rangers. Everybody's happy and smiley as a result of the Jets' victory, particularly the team, as the pressure is relieved just a little bit. Big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Danverville, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday's already sold out. Love Wednesday, Dan Verville, Good guy. Dan's a great guy. Uh, tickets available for Wednesday. And then Deborah DiGiovanni uh, uh, all weekend long, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday sold out. Saturday and Friday late show has a few seats left. Linden Market Dental Center. That's our buddy, Dr. Les Rikus. Frank and Morrow Zappi of Zappi Group Realty. Betway, they're the official title sponsor of the postgame show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's. Hardest hitting shot, or hardest shot of the game. That went to Mark Scheifele's backhand. Rolly's transfer, Grid Park, and the Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. Thanks to everyone for joining us. It's been a fun weekend. It's been a fun couple days worth of shows. The fury of last night to the joy of tonight. We'll see everyone on Wednesday night as well. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. If it's the if. Pardon me. <laughs> for thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.